Hello, salam alaikum and welcome to 786 Boulevard. We are parked at the intersection of culture, art and spirituality. This is the podcast where Muslims come together to discuss films, TV and other forms of art and popular culture. I am your host, Nuri Sardar, and I will be joined shortly by my co-hosts, actors and filmmakers Ali Alvi and Hasnain Ali. Today we are discussing and asking the question, do Islam and Hollywood clash? Does Islam belong in Hollywood? How do Hasnain and Ali rectify being actors while also being Muslims? And is there actually a clash? Given the film industry's indulgence in sex, nudity and violence, is there a clash of interest between Hollywood and Islam? Is it possible to be a Muslim who is also a film fanatic? And how can Muslims use their spirituality to interpret film? These are things that we will be discussing, me, Hasnain and Ali, together in this episode. So I hope you do enjoy. Before we start, do not forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast. If it's on those three channels, we are on all three of them. We are also on YouTube. So do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And inshallah, keep posted as we will be posting episodes every single week. So sit back, relax, enjoy this episode and welcome to 786 Boulevard. Ali Hasnain, Salaam Alaikum and thanks so much for coming back uh, for episode 4 of 786 Boulevard. Ali, you have returned to us after a hiatus. People are asking questions. My email inbox is full. People are freaking out. It's trending on Twitter because end of episode 2, you said you were sick and you might have coronavirus and then you just disappeared. Episode 3, you were nowhere to be seen. So can you please <laughs> clarify? Clarify for the audience, clarify for your for your fans. What's happening? Where were you? What's this journey? What's this journey you've been on in this past two weeks? What's been happening? Uh, well, Igoslav, thank you for having me again. Um, yeah, so I was feeling a little feverish. I was feeling, uh, I guess, tired, coughing a little bit. And those were some of the symptoms, especially if you go on WebMD. <laughs> um, <laughs> you think you have every disease in the world. But anyway. Um, I actually went down to DC to uh, visit my father for Father's Day, so nice. that's why I took a week off from here. Uh, but I'm back. I'm healthy. Oh, <laughs> you okay there? Yeah, for people who are just <laughs> tuning in, <laughs> for people who are just tuning in, uh, basically, so this is our second time recording this episode because so many things have been going wrong. Uh, mics have been failing, lighting has been all over the place, and this lamp is on its last legs. But hopefully next time uh, we'll be set up more professionally, inshallah. Um, so I asked you this question uh, when we recorded the first time. I'm going to ask you guys again, because uh, obviously people haven't heard. But here's a hypothetical. You are stranded on a desert island. Your plane has crashed into the ocean. But luckily, you survived, uh, and you are alone on this desert island. You've got all your supplies. You've got food. Uh, you've got everything you need. Even there was a Holy Quran and a Jah Namaz that washed up on shore. So you're good to But subhanAllah, one day, uh, a waterproof DVD player, a waterproof portable DVD player washes up onto shore and it's got two DVDs uh, on there. What two DVDs do you want to have on this desert island to keep you, to, 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 to help you get through this horrid ordeal? Did it come with the TV or just the DVD? It's a portable DVD. Yeah, it's one of those portable DVD players. You open it, it's got a screen on it as well. And it's and it's uh, solar solar charged, so it, it will last forever. <laughs> I think I'll, 
I would want to watch Lost. I think it's what is what it's called. <laughs> Lost. Yeah. And That's the second okay. one is uh, Arturo because it's an amazing series and it goes on forever. Every episode is, I think, like an hour plus. Keep and me busy. Eighty or ninety episodes in every uh, every season, so I'll be set for a while. Nice. And what That's season it. is it on? Five. Uh, five season, yeah, I've seen all of them. So uh, season five, uh, just finished. Knowing Ali, he won't come back. He'll be like, just leave me out here. <laughs> I'll be fine. That's Nate. What about you? For me, um, first DVD is Bear Grylls. Teach me how to survive. Uh, I'll be Superman, Brown Superman. I'll be Brown Man, basically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then number two would probably be Pursuit of Happiness, just to keep me sane and. You know, let me know that humble everything would be all right. Nice. That's it. I mean, the, the, I'm sure there's a lot of people who went through that same story but didn't have a, have the happy ending that Will Smith had. So there is that yeah. kind of <laughs> situation. Me, I would have the message uh, because you know, if I'm going to be stranded on a desert island, uh, I think I would like something Islamic uh, to keep me going. I think if I had something like Iron Man or the Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I watched it over and over again, I'd drive myself crazy. So I definitely choose the message to make sure I have that Islamic injection. Uh, and I guess I would also choose The Martian, Matt Damon, because uh, it's about how his positivity got him through, um, you know, being stranded uh, alone on a planet uh, all by himself. So I think the reason I want to ask you that question is because obviously we had a bit of banter over it. But, you know, movies, as I've been talking about, as we've been talking about together since the beginning, have such a profound impact on our lives. You know, as we've been growing up, we find uh, inspiration from various different films and we connect to different films uh, on different levels as we grow older. You know, when you go think back to your early teens, you think back to your younger years, Ali, you might have to think back, you know, a few decades uh, because of your old age. <laughs> but, you know, when you think <laughs> back, you know, you relate, you relate certain, um, you relate certain uh, uh, experiences of your life to movies at the time. You know, you have, you remember, for example, when you were five and you were watching a certain movie, you remember when you were 14 and you went to watch a certain film, or for example, you're going through something at a later age, you remember what you were watching at the time. You know, we connect uh, to these things on such a deep level. And today on this episode, I want to discuss something that we touched on briefly in episode one, uh, which is about the relationship between Islam and Hollywood. And frankly, asking the question, does Islam belong in Hollywood? given the fact that, you know, we do have such a deep connection to film, but at the same time, you know, film, as much as we love it, we have to sometimes take a step back and ask ourselves, is it really correct to have such a deep relationship uh, with something that A, isn't really born out of any sort of Islamic, you know, ideology, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not an Islamic idea. Um, Making filmmaking is is not an Islamic uh, concept in general. Hollywood is not something you know that's that's foundation is based in, uh, uh, you know, Muslim uh, experiences or uh, Muslim ideas either. Um, And on just a a very general level, you know, we know that Hollywood has a lot of nudity, has a lot of uh, you know uh, propaganda uh, in its films. So you know, is that is that really a place where something as pure and beautiful as Islam uh, should be? Uh, in uh, and I wanted to start off on a very basic level. Both of you guys are actors, uh, and you know, um, you both act in various productions. Hasnain, you do a lot of short films, you shared one recently on your Instagram. So, let me yeah. ask you this as an actor, how do you rectify <laughs> being an actor with being a Muslim? Because I know 
acting in itself, you know, it's a very interesting profession because you are essentially pretending to be someone else right, right. a lot of the time, right? Uh, I know there are very certain, uh, very special skill sets required to do it. It's a very uh, specific kind of art. Um, right. But I have also uh, heard, you know, that we, we, and, and we can't really deny the fact that there's a relationship between acting uh, and sex and nudity. So, right. you know, we know a lot of actors who uh, uh, speak about how, you know, when they tell their managers that they're not willing to do scenes of nudity or not willing to do scenes involving uh, sex, you know, they're told that they won't be able to find work. You know, right. I know of cases where uh, actors in acting school, uh, one of the first kind of things they're taught is how to be comfortable uh, unclothed in front of the camera. Um, right. So, you know, we can't deny the fact that nudity uh, and sex is, are such a big part uh, of Hollywood uh, yeah. and, and the film industry in general. So how right. do you rectify, you know, being a Muslim actor? Being an actor so, while being Muslim. Right. So step one, uh, being an actor is like any other art form, right? Um, you, you have to find the, the balance or like the middle ground of it, right? So when I started acting seven, eight years ago, for me, it was just like, all right, you know, the first thing you learn in acting school is to play Romeo and Juliet, right? That's every standard acting class starts from that. Every typical dramatic acting class starts from Romeo and Juliet. You get the script, guys, Romeo, females, Juliet, right? And now you know that scene. It's very lovey, very dramatic, very, you know, balcony scene, this, that. And then. so for for when I started out, like for me, I didn't, I didn't know like right from wrong. I didn't know like, all right, how do I... Um, mix this art form with my spirituality right it was more about getting the role getting the job getting it done right that's kind of what you learn but as i progress over time you know how do i rectify it? You, you start with some fundamentals such as you know what is the story about what are, what are, what are we doing here what's the story being told here right you start from the, the you know the high level you, you you drill down into it right all right from there who, who like what character am i playing who is this character what's his backstory because acting there's nothing wrong with a Muslim acting. There's nothing, I don't feel like there's anything Islamically wrong with, with, with being an actor, right? Unless you hit those barriers of like, all right, now we're getting into stimulated sex scenes. Now we're getting into kissing scenes. Now we're getting into scenes that, you know, are, are like that stop, like you stop hard there. But for me, you know, like, like the example I gave earlier is like, you know, if there's, a, if there's a film about an individual who's trying to relapse from being a druggie and I play the role of the individual who is trying to, you know, trying to go and, and better himself, you know, he's like an addict, right? For me, I'm telling a story, I'm acting out an individual's story. Uh, but for me, you know, the, the, the grounds are, all right, this is the character I have to play, which scenes now are, you know, the kind of that barrier, like where do I go from there? So for me, you know, you, you figure out your, 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 your morals, your, your, you know, what your boundaries are, and then from there you kind of navigate through there. So for me, you know, I'll be honest, earlier on in my acting, in my acting career, I, I did what I needed to do to, to secure that role. Let's just be honest, right? Um, but over time, um, as my as I developed and as I changed and I started getting work, I had the power to kind of start saying no because I relied on my acting abilities. I relied on my network. So when individuals came to me like, hey, I have this film. would love you to be a part of it. Great. What's the story about? Who's this character I'm playing? Well, let me see the scenes. Let me get a snippet of it. And I said no to a lot of films. So it comes down it comes down to basically what what are your boundaries as a muslim right because as muslims we have some hardcore boundaries but then we also have some personal boundaries and and i think that's kind of where you kind of uh bring both the art form of, of bring both 
um, your your art form of acting and your spirituality together, where you can make something beautiful and not, you know, hit those you know boundaries where like, all right, I can't do this, or you can just say no and step away from it. Uh, so for me, that's kind of how I went about it, and that's kind of how I go about it today. Do you feel that filmmaking as an industry is something that, uh, at its core, uh, is at polar opposites with the modesty that Islam preaches? Because the reason I ask you that is because you know, on a very obvious level, um, you know, films have scenes of nudity. Uh, uh, right. and sex and, and that kind of you know differs depending on what you're watching you know right. there are certain you know shows uh, on for example platforms like HBO which unfortunately even though you know they're, they're objectively good shows that you can learn from uh, have like uh, untold amounts of uh, scenes that are not just inappropriate but borderline pornographic right. you know? and it's like you know as a Muslim sitting down you know you can't kind of watch those shows regardless of of, of you know um what you kind of w- uh, want to take uh, from it you know typically right. you know i'm sure all of us do you're watching a film or a tv show uh, a scene comes up that's inappropriate you hit the fast forward button or kind of look away you know that's what we're kind of accustomed to um yeah. but even on like a deeper level you know let's say someone's casting a film they're casting the actress they're casting the actor they're going to look for a good looking guy you know they're going to look for a uh, Ali Alvi to be to be to be uh, to be in the role. You know they're going to look for an attractive woman. So even on that kind of level, on that kind of level, there's almost an element of you know um, uh, immodesty there. Uh, right. And it's you know on a kind of deeper. You know it, it could be argued that 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 it, it, that's a, you know a, a kind of immodest uh, culture. Um, right. So on, on that sense, do you feel like? the film forget filmmaking as an art because filmmaking can be used for anything right, right. but the film industry in itself as it exists today do you believe it's at odds with uh, islam in terms of like modesty um i want to speak from my experience um in the indie circuit with short films indie feature films um yes and no the reason why i say yes and no yes because when it comes to the heroine or the hero of the film they want a hunk you know they want the ideal good-looking candidate, right? But when it comes to supporting actors, like, you know, the person who, like, for, like, let's just take Mission Impossible for an example, right? <laughs> um, you know, you know, let's just say the, the, the person who's going to help him hack into the system, the person who's playing the supporting roles, the person who's playing the day play, right? They just need somebody to do what they call fillers, somebody who's a great actor, who knows what to do, plays the thing. Like, when you look at, somebody who's a hacker, they already have this image of what they want. So they go and look for that person. Yeah. When, you th- when you think of a, a, somebody who's going to be playing a cop, you know, unfortunately, they're going to look for somebody who's overweight, white, you know, like that's what they're going to cast for. So in regards to modesty, I think when it comes to the individuals who's going to portray the film, who's like the star of the film, yeah, it comes down to, you know, looks, this, that, and the other, right? You know, I've been in that situation before where I wanted the role i had all the credentials for the role i you know did an amazing job in the audition room but unfortunately i just didn't look the part right that's mm-hmm. fine i know what that means i walk away from it on to the next one but i always apply for those those um you know the the you know the secondhand roles or like the supporting roles because you know that's just 
as much part of the story to tell. So when it comes to modesty, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it goes both ways. I think it goes both mm. ways in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's not even something that's very specific to Hollywood. You know, even if you look at, let's say, if you look at the kind of like Muslim film industry, um, for right. example, you know, you look at uh, certain Iranian films that tell stories of the prophets uh, and, you know, of, of general Islamic history, you know, even they use, you know, pretty attractive actors uh, to fill those roles in. So I think it, it is a culture, uh, perhaps something to explore. Ali, you mentioned that, you know, um, you yourself, you said something really nice uh, in the first episode, which is, you know, if, for example, you want to roll, uh, but there's like a sort of sin involved in it, you know, it's like you still have to answer to God at the end of the day, right? You know, when you die, you have to answer to God. So I feel like for you, um, you know, you have that kind of red line uh, when it comes to, 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 to certain things. So do you feel like that hinders you as an actor? Do you feel like, you know, you don't have the same opportunities that other actors do um, because even like generally we look at um, the acting industry and like a- actors who mm-hmm. are very, uh, you know, uh, very well uh, established in their field. For example, uh, even actresses and I'm sorry, I want to I focus on actresses specifically. I feel like actresses in Hollywood, so many of them, they start off their careers uh, being sort of that eye candy, you know, being sort of yeah. you know, being in kind of roles that are very uh, immodest uh, and, you know, uh, you know, very inappropriate. And then as they kind of uh, establish themselves in the industry, they eventually move on to more serious roles where they're cast more for, so for their acting than rather the way they look. Um, so Ali, like, do you feel like, you know, you can't really get a foothold in the film industry as an actor because, you know, because you're so like, yes, no, uh, you know, because you have those red lines around uh, where, where, where things hinder with your faith? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I've experienced it a number of times. Uh, I was, uh, as we're going through this, uh, I thought about this one role that I was playing. Uh, it was actually on a John Cusack, uh, I can't remember if it was a movie or a TV series or what it was, but I was actually on set, uh, went for audition, everything worked out, I was on set. Yeah. And I don't know if they spoke with my agent or my agent didn't tell them or whatever, but they wanted me to shave my beard. And I was like, no, it's religious, so I'm not shaving it. Yeah. And at that point, even though like I have full like hair, makeup done, ready to start shooting, they asked me to leave the set and they wanted to replace me because I wouldn't shave up here. Wow. So, like definitely, uh, it makes a yeah. difference. So having those red lines, uh, it does, uh, it does affect it. But then going back to what I said before that, you know, I have to answer to God. So I'm going to stay within my boundaries. And if I get something in that, yes, great. If not, then so be it. Um, so yeah. I, I think I think what's crazy is that you know in any in any other industry, let's say for example, you walk into a job interview and they tell you, okay, we'll give you the job, but you have to shave your beard, and you're like, well, I have to keep it on religious grounds. They're not, from what I understand, I don't know how it works in America, but here definitely they're not legally legally allowed to say, okay, we're going to discriminate against you based on your religion and not how you, even though you you can't uh, kind of shave the beard. Um, and I think I'm, I guess when it comes to the film industry specifically, it kind of differs because they're looking not just for uh, an actor in terms of what they can offer in terms of their acting skills. They're looking for the way that they look as well. The look is yeah. an important part of the role. So as Muslims who have a very, uh, you know, kind of deep relationship with film, um, I wonder, and I want to pose this question to you guys, both of you. Do you think sometimes as Muslims, we are being naive uh, in trying to get into the film industry? Because I feel like, you know, many people, when they try to get into industries that are, 
that involve a lot of things that are antithetical to 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 what they practice uh, in their day to day lives, they kind of like lie to themselves. So, for example, I will discuss this more in detail in another episode. But for example, when it comes to music, you know, I feel like yeah. Muslims who get into music, um, uh, they kind of base the conversation around uh, whether or not music is halal more based on the context of, oh, I want to get into music, therefore let me find uh, interpretations, uh, Islamic inter- interpretations uh, about music that will help me get into music, you know? Yeah. And I feel like as, you know, you guys are actors and getting into film industry, sometimes we, do you feel like there's a, there's an element of being naive uh, and thinking that as a Muslim, you can really make it in an industry where, you know, there is an abundance of, let's be frank, you know, uh, things that are, absolutely against Islam, you know, sin, drinking, alcohol, sex, nudity, drugs, parties, um, you know, um, propaganda against uh, Muslims as a whole as well. You know, that, that as an industry just sounds like a really horrible industry, Yeah. you know? And do you, so do you think we're being naive thinking that we can get into such an industry and, and work in such an industry or am I just being over the top and, and, and absolutely crazy? I don't think. I'll let, yeah. I'll let Ali take this one. Sorry. Uh, uh, I don't think we're being naive. I think uh, just like any industry, just like any anything you want to break into, someone has to start and you have to take what you can get. Uh, and as you grow, you're able to start doing different things. So for example, you have uh, what's called typecasting. So you'll get one person that will only get terrorist roles or will only get like uh, mafia or you know a Mexican gangster or whatever, right? Um, so those are the only roles they'll get to start with. But eventually yeah. I think we can take that and turn it into... Uh, doing different roles once you have it established that you can get that type of uh, role. Mm. Uh, it does seem to, uh, kind of weird to see different actors in various roles when they're so typecast into a particular one. Uh, yeah. I was actually watching uh, a movie a couple of days ago. Um, I can't remember the name. It was on Amazon. Uh, Daniel Craig is in it. Oh, Knives Out. I don't know if you oh, guys yeah. heard. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Don't, don't worry. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet either. <laughs> So, all right, so I won't ruin it. So there's an actor who typically has a British accent. But in this movie, he shows up and he has a Daniel Southern... Daniel Craig. You said, it was, you, you said Daniel Craig already, so we know who it is. You, you can tell us that. That's not a spoiler. He's on the poster. Yeah. Um, so he has, a, he has a Southern accent. And uh, it just took a second to adjust to that, saying, okay, wait, what? Who is this guy? Because but, you're so used to seeing how James Bond having a British accent, yeah. Exactly. But after a little bit, you get accustomed to it, and it just goes on as, as usual. So yeah. I, so I think what I'm trying to say is, yes, we should keep knocking on that door. Yes, we should break through it, and once we're in, we can start doing different uh, roles, even if it means that we have to start off doing terrorist roles, like I did. <laughs> That's funny. So you got, so he got typecasted for terrorist roles. Damn. <laughs> yeah. And no, then I had, it, I, I had it better than you. But were you typecasted as terrorist? You, you, I know you did one, but were you like typecasted? Were, were you? Did you have a few more, or was it? Yeah, so I, I've, I've actually gotten, um, the one that I was telling you about, it was actually completely different. It was in finance. So it was supposed to be a Wall Street uh, movie or, or series. I can't remember. I think it was a movie. Um, so it would have been in, in finance, and I was playing an Indian uh, guy in that. So, but again, it came down to not having a beard. So I was like, no, I'm not going to take it yeah. off. I was taken off. Yeah. Hasnain, what, what do you think about, about the question that I posed? Do you think we're being naive in thinking that we can uh, work in an industry that, you know, um, and again, like I, 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 I'm asking this as a very objective question. I'm not saying yeah. flat out that 
the film industry is all those things. I just want to clarify yeah. that. I'm not saying that yeah. because, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we can look at things in different contexts and, 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 uh, and have the objective conversation. Um, but, you know, if, but do you think, you know, do you think Muslims are being naive in thinking that, you know, the film industry is anything but that? No, I mean, I think, uh, I think we need more Muslim actors, filmmakers. I think they should enter the film industry and push the narrative. Um, I think that, you know, um, you know, we have a space in the film industry, 100%, 100%. And I'm seeing it, the more I go to like film festivals, the more I go to the film circuit, the, the more I see what's coming out there, um, the narrative is being pushed. Uh, so I, I think that there's 100% a space for Muslim actors, filmmakers, writers, producers um, to come in and, and, and fill, the, fill the void that the film industry is missing. And that's missing our stories, right? Because our stories narrative have, have been pushed by individuals who see it from one end and not the other end. Um, something interesting I, I, I pondered upon uh, earlier today or, or yesterday was um, I was reading this article that a friend sent me um, and, she, and she was, and that article, uh, it was written by a female, that article uh, brought up the film Argo. We all know that film, right? Inf yeah. Infamous film, right? And she brought up a point, she, she, the point in that, in that thing was, the narrative was pushed by these individuals who went into Tehran to, to rescue these, these individuals and the, the hostage takers were looked at so barbaric, right? Um, and it was such a lopsided one point of view because, because the heroes always have, to, always have a justification for, for their action, whether it's killing somebody, torturing somebody, whatever it is, it's justified. Like, oh, he did that for a reason because of this. Yeah. It was never justified in that film why the hostages were taken, why why they were angry that was never justified there so, was never any context given to that exactly that's the, like, we didn't see the other point of view why these individuals angry we just thought they're just angry because they're just angry individuals well that's not yeah. really the story right so yeah 100 percent. there's a there's a space for us there's a massive space for us we have to push the narrative and we have to counterbalance um basically what hollywood is is, is kind of pushing out with kind of our stories and 100 yeah. percent, i think there is I think what's so interesting about um, moving on from that whole point of, of uh, you know, Hollywood and immodesty, I think what's so interesting about storytelling in general um, is the fact that, you know, um, the Holy Quran is mostly stories, you know, of course, true stories, but, you know, it's made up of, of, of stories. And I think that, you know, as Muslims, um, maybe I'm going on a whim here, but part of our uh, affection uh, for storytelling, I guess I can speak for myself that, you know, the reason I love watching films and watching stories is because I'm so entranced by stories and by, and by good stories, by deep stories. Right. You know, the same way we were kind of um, brought up on these stories of uh, Prophet Yunus, Prophet Moses, you know, uh, uh, you know, Suleiman. Uh, Suleiman. And, you know, not just us, but, you know, uh, uh, Christians and Jews were all brought up on, on these stories uh, that, have, that, that have served people for, for, you know, thousands of years. Um, and I think that what's so interesting is that the power of storytelling uh, is that it, it kind of, forces those lessons and ideas into your mind so for example when you hear about the story of ayub it's one thing for god to tell you to, to tell you for example be patient it's another thing to tell you ayub plus this 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 and you're still patient it's one thing to tell you you know keep the faith um but when he tells you the story of prophet yusuf and everything he went through uh you know you're kind of more uh that, that 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 lesson is really drilled into your head and it's a way to push forward ideas so you know when it comes to uh, uh, uh filmmaking for me filmmaking is less about entertainment and more about the pushing of ideas it's about yep. having an idea and telling the idea so for example argo forget everything else the reason i didn't think argo was a good movie is because 
the idea it was giving to me was nothing really objective or interesting. It was just a standard, okay, these guys were in trouble. American heroes came in to save the day. They had yeah. the good guys. That, that, that's not an interesting idea. You know, you think about uh, uh, a film like The Godfather, for example, a film that everyone knows and loves. You know, for me, the idea it's pushing forward is not about mafia. It's not about people killing each other. It's about America's immigrant story. It's about yeah. you know, coming to America as an immigrant and not being able to, um, uh, to make it on your own two feet. So, for example, being so the only way you can kind of rise to any sort of power is through these kind of, you know, uh, uh, mechanisms. Uh, mechanisms, right? Yeah. You know, think about all of these films and the kind of like the ideas that they're pushing. And it's very interesting because I had this conversation with uh, a sheikh about this podcast uh, before we started it. I, I kind of like ran the idea behind uh, by him just to kind of get his thoughts uh, and, you know, and feedback on, 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 on what this podcast could, should kind of like be. And he said something very interesting. He said, you have to ask yourself, in Islam, we have what is the foundation and we have what is kind of like the secondary branch of that foundation. So, for example, if the foundation itself is problematic, it means that the extension of that is also problematic. So, for example, uh, a bar is problematic because alcohol is problematic. Right. So you have that. So you judge things based on that. And he, he asked me, he goes, do you think film as an essence in itself is problematic? Given that, for example, it has, you know, Islamophobia, you know, it has sex, it has nudity, uh, it has violence. And I was like, well, it's interesting because when I think about film, I don't think about film from those angles. When, when I think about film as a foundation, I think about inspiration. I think about storytelling. Yeah. I think about the expression of the human soul. You know, we, uh, I mentioned to you before how filmmaking uh, in many ways is, is, is like poetry and that's an expression of emotion. You know, it's a way for us to, to, yes, tell our stories, but also express ourselves through visuals. Um, yeah. And there was a really uh, uh, a beautiful uh, podcast, podcast that I, I completely missed, but the title of it was about how, you know, filmmaking uh, uh, and the way Muslims uh, uh, interpret, should interpret filmmaking is looking at filmmaking as a form of creating light. The same way, you know, Allah creates light, his servants can also create light, you know, in kind of like, you know, in, 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 in glorification of Allah. You know, the Shaykh also told me that in the Quran, you know, Allah says that, uh, we've taught man how to express himself uh, yeah. and in that sense you know filmmaking is, it, it is a form of expression um, so you know having that in mind um, Hasnain as a filmmaker as someone who creates films all the time how much of that filmmaking experience is your spirituality walk me through that kind of like um, uh, walk me through your process and, and what and what role spirituality plays in it you know do you get up in the morning and say this is an act of ibadah I'm going to make this film uh, or is it more like you know this is just my job and and you know Islam is a part of it but it's not really you know walk me through that process yeah so really good question um, a spirituality plays a big role in my filmmaking process a really big role because it's kind of where my story starts if that makes sense right um, I'll give you a prime example I read. I recently finished reading a book, Journey to the Unseen World. You probably read it or you probably heard about it. It's a phenomenal book. It's scary, but it's a phenomenal book. Is because it one with I, the five stages of uh, death? Was that? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's 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 yeah. It's really phenomenal book. It's fifteen chapters. It's a very short film and it's free online on PDF. Um, I do recommend the audience to read it. So I I, fin- I recently finished that book, right? Um, and it talks, and then the, the beginning of that book starts off with the individual, the, because it's from the writer's perspective, and he himself is in his own grave looking at his own body. Mm. As somebody who's a filmmaker, how amazing is that scene to start off with, right? Because mm. then the audience is like, wait, time out. 
what's this film about? Now, because I read that book, that's where the, the, the light bulb goes off. All right, can I make this book into a web series? How interesting would that be? You know, that's kind of where I, I my ideas as a, as a filmmaker, and, and, and let me just make this clear. I'm an actor above a writer and a producer, right? Hmm. I started writing because I was put in a position where there was nothing out there for me that interested me. So I started writing um, and then producing it. Um, so, so yeah, spirituality plays a huge role, not just from acting, but from the storytelling process too, because, um, you know, the Quran, you brought up a really good example. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a book of, full of stories. Uh, you know, I, I think they, they say that every Meccan chapter is a story, whereas every Medinian chapter is basically like That's a crazy. lesson, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, so I just finished reading the chapter called The Ant, Al-Namud, right? And it talks about Suleiman and the Queen of Sheba, right? And I pondered on that. And you know me, I, I always post on my Instagram like like selections of, of, of surahs that I finished reading. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and the Quran is 100% a, a place where I, I develop uh, stories and, and, and get that juices flowing because that's kind of, my, that's my identity. That's where I'm from. Yeah. Uh, and it trickles down from that. So yeah, 100%, 100%, that's kind of where I, you know, it, it's a huge process of my filmmaking. It's a huge process of what I do. And that's kind of where I get a lot of this, uh, my motivation from. What's so interesting about that point, Hassan, is that when you look at various Hollywood films, um, you know, some of them are just straight up translations of biblical stories. Like, for example, right. you look at The Lion King. I've seen articles written about it, about how it is essentially just, uh, you know, a translation of the story of Jesus Christ and the story of the resurrection. Um, and, you know, when you look at biblical stories in general, um, they kind of offer the foundations uh, of what are many of the, of the stories and films uh, that we hear today, you know, stories of rising up in the face of adversity, you know, stories of going through extreme trials, but coming out uh, the other end of it uh, as a better person. You know, these are yeah. very uh, biblical slash Quranic themes um, that we see in every single film that we watch. And I think when we speak about the relationship between Islam and Hollywood, you know, on a very basic level, uh, I feel like there's two kinds of people that watch movies. And I've, I, I was really actually reading an article about this as well. There's one kind of view of movies that takes films at a very surface level. So, for example, character does A, character does B, ends with C. That was very yeah. entertaining. I'm done. I'm going to go and rest my day. Then there's another kind of viewer, someone who consumes uh, films and looks at films from the perspective of, okay, what does this story mean? What is the story? What kind of idea is the story trying to portray? What are the visuals telling me? You know, there's a kind of viewer that kind of interprets uh, films on a very deeper, more uh, philosophical level. And I think, you know, personally, I kind of fall... Uh, into that category because whenever I walk away from a very powerful film, the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, wow, that character, for example, how does, what does that teach me about my own faith? You know, yeah. there's been plenty of times I've walked out away from a film uh, thinking about, you know, what kind of impact that has on me. One of my favorite films, The Thin Red Line, I don't know if you guys have seen it, very slow, very poetic film, uh, a World War II film, uh, but it's all about, you know, the engagement between, uh, 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 the battlefield and what effect that has on a man's soul, you know, what effect that has uh, on the being, uh, on a human being on deeper levels, you know, films like, you know, I mentioned the Godfather, you know, looking at the right. Godfather more than just the gangster epic, but thinking about how it's really the tale of an immigrant story. Also looking at, you know, films by Spielberg and Christopher Nolan, like for example, Interstellar, you know, just watching that film, I don't know about you guys when you saw that in cinema, but seeing, you know, them going from planet to planet, 
seeing all these amazing environments and thinking about you know god's majesty and his creation what he's yeah. created in the universe at the same time he's got this relationship with his daughter at home and you know it also teaches it kind of makes you reflect on the kind of intimate relationships you have in your life and how you treat you know people that you love uh and you know how what you would do for people that you love so there's so many different deeper uh elements of film uh that we can you know really extract as muslims so when we talk about when we ask the question does islam belong in hollywood you know for me i feel like islam belongs everywhere the same way god yeah. belongs everywhere you know god is not limited to one place god is everywhere at the same yeah. time i feel like as muslims we should be able to put ourselves in any situation and understand how to act as muslims in that situation how to interpret that situation as muslims so for me personally the way i interpret you know god's given me a love of film the way i interpret that love of film is by taking the spirituality that i kind of uh, find myself in film, bringing it out and bringing it into myself, and kind of reflecting yeah. on that. Um, you yeah, know, I that's think, that's coming from your lens, though. Like that's that's the yeah, beauty of it. That's the beauty. Exactly, of it, yeah. exactly. You know, I mentioned how film is, you know, the expression of the human soul. Yes, the majority of filmmakers are not Muslim, but at the same time, they're still souls and they're still expressing something, right? And as a human soul myself, I'm taking those expressions into me uh, and kind of like you know interpreting them in my own ways and i think that's the beauty uh of film you know i think that that deserves a whole other podcast episode in itself yeah. you know hopefully we can kind of pick apart films and look at uh what kind of lessons we can kind of pick out of them as muslims and you know like i said before this podcast in itself is about how we as muslims interpret these things how we interpret art, how we interpret film tv uh, and different uh, elements uh, of the arts um i wanted to kind of end with advice for muslim uh, actors and filmmakers uh, who are kind of wanting to get into the industry and wanting to, um, you know, uh, wanting to kind of uh, perfect their processes. You know, you guys are both actors. Right. You guys both go to auditions. Ali, tell me, what's your process? You know, like in terms of like the most literal uh, uh, explanation of it, you know, how do you get an audition? Uh, and then, you know, uh, as a Muslim, you know, do you look for anything specific? Walk me through your process, um, you know, and, and what kind of advice you would give for someone that's that's going through the same that that is looking for a process uh, to uh, to get themselves into the acting industry. Well, early on, I would actually just no. I'm just saying because Ali's advice might lead to individuals getting terrorist roles the whole time. So I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But Ali, you know what? Bless us with your knowledge. Tell, tell, give us some advice. Give me some advice. Come on. <laughs> Give me some advice. By the way, sorry guys. If you see us laughing randomly, it's just because we're so comfortable with each other that we know what we're gonna say before we say. It. <laughs> sorry, I can't. So, I guess in the beginning, <laughs> when you guys were still in cradles, <laughs> I wasn't born. You weren't born. Uh, what I was doing was I was actually looking for really anything that 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 would get me get my foot in the door, uh, so I can get in see what it's like, go in, do an audition, hopefully get, get a role. Um, but then as time went on, I started to realize that some of the roles that I was going for aren't necessarily the ones I could be doing. And then at that point, I started questioning, uh, you know, what's the whole role? What's the character about? Is it a small, like a short role, or is it going to be throughout the movie or throughout the uh, series? And in doing so, I started learning the different uh, aspects of that character. And then I realized, okay, maybe I can't play that part. Um, yeah. So I wanted to exclude myself from those. Or I would still go and then tell them, hey, listen, maybe we can, like, maybe I don't, 
what if I don't do that part of that role? Um, but now, years later, what's come down to uh, for me is I've given an outline to my agents. I'm, I told them, this, these are my outlines. This is what I can do. And this is what I will not do. So anytime you have role with this, within this uh, guideline, then let me know. I'll go to the audition. Otherwise, don't waste my time. I'll continue doing whatever else I'm doing. Do you, do you uh, still go to auditions like currently or? Uh, every now, well, right, right now for the last. I mean, not right now, but I mean, like in the past, the past few years. Yeah. So if if I get something within that uh, guideline, I do still go to those roles, uh, to those auditions. Uh, I get some things, other things I don't get. What 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 are your guidelines like? Let me let me uh, rephrase that. Not not so much for the uh, acting side, but more so for the modeling side. Okay. Um, the guidelines, obviously, the Islamic guidelines. Really, nothing uh, nothing too far outside of that. Um, nothing that requires me to shave my beard, nothing that requires any, uh, basically any sort of sin, uh, or even on like the, uh, gray areas I, I try to stay away from, but that's, that's me personally. And everyone's on a different journey. Everyone's in a different place in life, different place in, uh, their you know, spirituality. But for me personally, I would rather stay away from those. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually really good, uh, to have a guy like actually, that's actually really good advice. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna, no, don't you guys I, like? I don't, don't. I don't have one. I don't have. Don't a you guys like talk every single day? And he hasn't told you about his uh, process yet. No. See, the thing with me and Ali is we don't talk about artistic stuff. We talk about so what, guys, what we're gonna eat, what we're gonna eat, where we're gonna meet up to eat. <laughs> every time I'm talking to Ali, it's like where we're eating. Yo, I want a burger. Yo, I want wings. Yo, yeah, I want. I've, I've let's, since let's we made the Seven Eight Six Boulevard WhatsApp group, that's all I hear you guys saying. Where, where, where are we meeting? What, what, what's happening? Hasnain, what are you doing at eight? What are you doing at nine? <laughs> yeah, that's all we do. We just eat. Yeah, that's, we do a lot, a lot. Well, you need energy to obviously uh, keep yourself yeah. going when it comes to acting. So it's a good thing. As name, t- tell tell me about your process. You know, just just to end things off. Um, yeah, people who are thinking about getting into acting. You know, yeah. Uh, walk us so, through your process so that they can learn from. So, it. so for me, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give more fundamentals because uh, my process is more um, for designed for me. But my fundamentals are if if you are an individual, if you are an individual, not even just Muslim, I'm just going to give general ones, but if you are, are, are Muslim, you know, first things first is getting a headshot. I think getting a headshot will define who you are as an actor, right? Because if you are a Muslim male and, and, and you have a beard, if they see your beard in the headshot, that's, that, that's putting you on, on, on that boundary list already. That's putting you on that stepping stone. Like, all right, this guy has a beard. So when the directors and the, and the producers and the casting agents see you and they see your headshot with the beard, they already have that image of you. Like, all right, cool, he has a beard. Same thing with like, if you're a female, you wear the hijab, right? You want to get a headshot with the hijab because you're setting that, you're setting that, that precedent of this is who I am. Your headshot is basically your resume. It's basically how they see you. Ali would probably agree with me that the headshot is basically how you get that invitation to an audition. As someone, right. who, who, as someone who's really like um, unaware of, 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 of this kind of process, when it comes to headshots, it's just a very, it's literally just a, a snapshot of you, right? It's nothing, it's nothing like uh, you can't play around with it. You can't like be very unique with it or? or... No, no, you can, you can. You yeah. can have a, a comedic headshot. You can have a dramatic okay. headshot. You can have a character headshot. You can have mm-hmm. a serious headshot. Because the thing is, if you're going to apply for a, a film and Ali jump in, free for you jump in. If you're applying for a film that's that's a comedic film, you want more of a playful headshot to submit mm. it because it goes with the tone of the film. You want like... It's like, like yeah. It's like resume, right? <laughs> so if you're applying for a sales job, you don't want to put in a ton of IT experience. You want to put in sales experience. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Just like if you're applying for a comedic role, like you mentioned, then you want to have, you know, a comedic. Something playful. Yeah. Something playful. Yeah. Uh, but if you want a serious role, then you grow out your beard this long. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just to continue, just to continue off of that. Uh, go ahead. What did you say? I said that would give you a different type of role. Yeah, it would. That's, that's the advice I was trying to get out of Ali. That's, that's the beard role. But so headshots are very important. That's kind of where you want to start off. Make sure you, you do research into a photographer, right? From there, um, you can split off. Like for me, um, you know, building your resume, you got to start small. You got to start with, with student films. You got to start um, doing films that you, you're probably going to question like, wait, is this even for me? What is this going on? You got to start somewhere, right? You can't just jump into a feature film and, and do not. But um, for me, taking some acting classes to t teach you technique of like memorizing lines and this, that, and you know, that's, I think that's vital. I mean, there's a bunch of acting classes. I mean, I live in New York, so, and, 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 and you know, you live in the UK, obviously there's an abundance of acting classes. Um, you definitely want to teach yourself the skill set um, because once you get the headshot, you know who you are. Once you get the training of it, you can kind of start paving and navigating yourself in the film industry. You can start, you can start going to these websites like Backstage Actors Access where they post these, these um, films and you can kind of see the type of positions that they're, they're posting. For me, what I do is I'm in a position in my life where I, I apply to every single lead male role, whether they're looking for an African-American, whether they're looking for a Caucasian, whether they're looking for um, Asian, whether they're looking for somebody who's bulky, not bulky tattoos, not tattoos. I apply for everything because one big lesson I learned and my acting coach has taught me this, and it's true, writers, directors, and producers themselves don't know what they want at the end of the day. They're looking for something that sparks them, and that's what they want. And you have the opportunity to go into that audition, if you get called in, to, to make that spark happen. You know, me, myself, when I, when, uh, 2017, 2018, when I started doing my own work, uh, writing and producing and then acting in my own work, um, I, I can attest to that. When I, when I bring in people from auditions, I don't know what I'm looking for. Just because I have the female written as a white girl um, doesn't mean I'm gonna automatically, you know, cast a white girl. It can be somebody who's has a Hispanic background and she she nailed it and she's perfect. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, that's amazing. I want her. You have that, you have that strength, and that comes from a perfect headshot, good training, and confidence in yourself that listen, I can change these in, individuals' perspective on this character because I know that I got it in me. And you just you need that headshot, resume, and the confidence to go. And then from there it the sky's the limit. You can end up anywhere. You can be in a Leonardo DiCaprio film, which is my goal. My goal is to win an Oscar in 10, 10, in 10 years, 10 year frame. That's my goal. But um, in, inshallah, but I think that's the fundamental. That's where you start. Yeah. And I, and I also think that what we're giving advice on right now is more so the professional films where you're actually going to get paid, but don't jump necessarily right into that. Look for student films, look for different projects that are going on, whether it's uh, a university or a production that, that someone's doing or one of the schools, the acting schools that they're doing a production. You don't get paid, but you get a lot of experience. And then you also start building a network of uh, people that you need to know, um, directors, writers, and so forth. So that's one. And then also when you do go for auditions for professional films, in the beginning, go for, go for as many as you can. Even if, like this man said, you don't fit the role because either they'll see something and they'll spark something in you or in them uh, from you, or you'll start making connections in the industry. So now let's say I meet a stand somewhere on a, on a, uh, on an audition 
We exchange information. Six months down the road, he has some information about a role, but it never got to you. And he ends up sending it your way. And then you can hopefully get something that way as well. So network is very important also. Yeah, absolutely. I would say 50% of the roles that I've booked were through networks. It was through people that saw my film, saw my reel, my acting reel, saw my resume, and they just hired me on the spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, this podcast, as Nuri can um, mention as well, it's, it's, you know, it's about art, but it's also about network. Like we're try also trying to build a network here, yeah. you know? Um, so if you're a writer, producer, actor yourself, and you see that this podcast is, is fruitful to you, you know, leave us a comment, send us a message, let us know what you're working yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I think um, when we, when we, when we first initiated this podcast together, like I think it was pretty clear uh, between all of us that, that we're here to have conversations. You know, we're here to sit down with people that have, uh, you know, uh, inspiring uh, uh, relationships with art that they can explore with us, you know, and I think that's what's so um, wonderful about um, uh, our Sorry, Hasnain, are, are you hot? I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I turned the light on because we've been on this oh. podcast for so long. It got dark out. Oh no! Because you know, you know, <laughs> I thought you put the fan on because there's like a wait. Oh, my fan is always on. Wait, is it is it is it darker in Queens than it is in Manhattan? Because we're like fifteen minutes away from each other, Stan. How is it dark outside? <laughs> it's dark. Yo, there's a cloud outside. It's about to pour. Oh, wow. It's okay. about to pour. I think. Anyways. I think that's a good place to end it. We've been, <laughs> we're quite tired and exhausted. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, it has been a great conversation. Um, you know, I feel like exploring the relationship between uh, our spirituality and film uh, is something that I always love doing, you know, because um, it's something that I do in my head every single day when I'm sitting down and watching a film and finding some guys that I can uh, chat to about it is absolutely wonderful. Um, so Ali, Hasnain, thank you so much. Uh, inshallah, we'll be back again. Uh, together soon we have plenty of uh, episodes lined up and plenty of interesting guests lined up so I'll see you guys then inshallah alright see you guys alright that was me Ali and Hasnain asking the question does Islam belong in Hollywood and having an interesting conversation about it hope you enjoyed it it's definitely a conversation that really fascinates me especially the topic of spirituality and the film industry and how we as Muslims interpret films i hope you found it beneficial do stick around and make sure you subscribe to our podcast on apple podcast spotify anchor and youtube we'll be posting a new episode every single week and we have some fascinating guests lined up we have poets we have artists we have filmmakers we have fashionistas we have a lot of people who will be coming on the podcast to discuss their relationship between their own spirituality and their muslim experience and their art and their interests. So do make sure you subscribe and inshallah we'll be back next week with a new episode. Assalamu alaikum.